Listen, have a seat where you are today. New Life kids are heading out. Miss Amber is back here in the back ready for them to go and have a great time in New Life kids today. You got to watch out for these ones that parents have to come early because they're here for a long time. So this morning, they started a business and they locked Jack in the safe. So all I'm saying is church kids, man. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get into the word today, but before we do that, um, anybody else in here praying for something today? You got something you're praying for? This past week, I got to go to um, Madison Academic High School to their FCA lunch. They have kids that come and hang out together at lunch. And we've been going through the book of Mark. And um, so I got to this verse, and and I want to read it to you today before we get started. This is not all my messages in the notes or anything. It's not going to appear on the screen. I just feel the Lord leading me to do this first. In Mark chapter 11, verses 23 through 25, it says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand to pray, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, as so your Father in heaven may forgive you. That verse is one of those ones when you're like, really? Anybody tried to throw a mountain into the sea lately? I never even figured out how to get a rock to skip, let alone pick up a mountain and throw it into the sea, right? And I was thinking about this verse, and there are some things we're praying for. And I don't know about you, but I'm praying for a couple things specifically that are kind of like mountains into the sea type of prayers. Like there's really no, I mean, it's, it's going to take that amount of faith, and it's going to take that kind of a move from God for it to happen. And I felt really in my spirit You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. (laughs) There's more than one way for a mountain to go into a sea. And one way is that the mountain literally gets picked up and thrown into the sea. And that usually causes a tsunami and all kinds of other things to happen, right? You know, another way that a mountain ends up in the sea is through erosion. Little bit by little bit, as the water moves against it, it disappears into the sea. There's whole formations and rivers that have been rerouted because the water rushed against it. And what was a big, tall mountain moved into the sea? The speed of the miracle does not negate the miracle. The way the miracle comes about does not negate the miracle. I'm praying for a big thing today. I need God to move. I need him to move today on behalf of my very dear friend and her husband. I need God to move today. I've needed God to move for a couple of weeks. I would really like a mountain into the sea. But God has reminded me that his way of doing miracles is still a miracle. And you know when it says there at the end, if you have unforgiveness towards anyone when you stand to pray, to turn that over to God? That's so that our hearts are clear and we aren't praying vengeance against someone. We aren't praying retribution against anyone, and our motivations line up with who he is. So listen, I know today I'm praying for a big thing. I need a big miracle to take place. I need a big miracle to take place. And my faith is strong. I believe he can do it. I really do. And I know there are also some small things I'm praying for. 
I have some friends this week who had small inconveniences that all compounded on them at one time. You ever had that week where like every little thing goes wrong? And next thing you know, a pile of little pebbles has become a mountain. (laughs) It's still a mountain, even if it's made up of little pebbles. So I know that there are some things we're praying for here and today. And like I said, this is not in my message. But I feel so led by the Spirit this morning to tell us that that scripture that says, don't grow weary in well-doing, prayer and faith and believing is well-doing. And we cannot grow weary in it. And we have to trust In my southern way of saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. (laughs) There's more than one way for God to show up. And there's more than one way for him to move mountains into the sea. So today, let's take a minute. And let's pray. Whatever your thing is, whatever you're believing for, it is not too small or too big for God. Jesus turned water into wine because his mother asked him to. It was a party. It wasn't the end of the world. He does miracles because he's able. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I come before you right now, Father. And I know that your word says where two or more gathered together there in your, in your name, there you are in the midst of them. So this morning, there are many of us gathered here together in person and online. And today, Father, we join our faith together. We are praying for big things. God, we have mountains that we need to see tossed into the sea. Big obstacles that can only be moved through the supernatural power of your name. And so, God, today we ask humbly before you. Lord, we ask that any unforgiveness that we may have in our heart, any wrong motivation for seeking after you for the answers to these prayers, that God, you would remove any unforgiveness from us, that you would remove any ill within our hearts from there, that you would cleanse us and give us clean hands and a pure heart as we come before you today. And God, we pray and ask for your miraculous supernatural power to do what only you can do. God, we trust you. We know that you and only you have the power to do what only you can do. We trust and believe, God, that however the mountain gets into the sea, you can and you will do it. And so, Lord, today we pray in faith that you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, that you would bring provision, that you would bring salvation, that you would do the things that only you can do and you would do it supernaturally. We have faith today. We ask for it in your name and we believe that you will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's believe, right? Can anybody say you need to have some faith-building prayer come in? This week? I do. And if you're not busy and you can pray, pray with me for my friend in need. All right, listen, today I'm going to be talking about one of our core values being kingdom-minded. We like to revisit these kind of periodically throughout the year just to remind us of who we are. It's kind of like what we are about. need to refocus and remember those things. And today I want to talk about being kingdom-minded. In our, um, our website, where it says about us, who we are, this is what we say about being kingdom-minded. We value the ways of God's kingdom over the ways of the world in our life. 
His ways and thoughts are higher and better than ours, and we are submitted to spiritual authority in our church. As an individual, as a family, we are determined to express God's ways in our everyday lives to point people to and show people Jesus. Anybody have a hard time getting on the same page with somebody? Those of you who are married or maybe even not, it's not just marriage relationships, relationships in general. You ever been talking to somebody and they're not getting it and you're not getting it. And then when you finally get it, you realize you were saying the same thing. Like you just, you just talk in a different language. This happens to Jeremy, my husband and I quite often. We're like talking about something and I'm like, why do you not get this? And then he says that and he's thinking, why does she not get this? And then we're like, oh, we get it. We're saying the exact same thing. We're just saying it in different ways, right? Yeah. This happens. It can be hard to get on the same page with somebody, even if we really want to. Like, are you just trying, like when your kid's trying to explain something to you and you're just trying to get on the same page with them. And you're listening with every part of your body. I'm listening with my eyes. I'm squinting, trying to, trying to hear, right? Turning down the radio in the car so that I can hear better and see better, right? You ever turn down the radio so you can see better? Like, we're trying to get on the same page. And it is difficult. Y'all know, right? The kingdom of God is kind of difficult to get on the same page with sometimes. We're squinting at the scriptures. We're listening. I'm not getting it. <laughs> right? You know, this was one of the very things, a misunderstanding of the kingdom of God that caused such a problem and why the people of Israel could not accept Jesus as the Messiah. Because their page for what the kingdom should look like and what the page that he laid out for them, it didn't look the same even though it had the same goal. They expected the kingdom to look one way and it didn't look that way and they couldn't get on the same page. So the kingdom of God is a page laid out and we have to get on it. And sometimes it can be difficult to get on the same page even with God. So I want to take this little moment today. Our, our, our mission statement says that our goal in the kingdom of God is to express God's ways in our everyday life. Our everyday life. I feel like sometimes that we have big picture ideas of the kingdom of God. Missions, outreach, right? These big things that seem like they're part of the kingdom of God, and they are. But the harder part is the everyday part of our lives, kingdom of God. But that's really our goal, is to express God's ways, his kingdom, in our everyday lives. So the first thing we got to do is get on the same page with God. What is the kingdom of God? So, the first thing we're going to do today is make an attempt to acknowledge and understand the kingdom of God. Not a small task for today's message. Acknowledge and understand the kingdom of God. Let's look in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read these verses. This is verses 1 through 13. It's a lot of verses. I'm trying to try to read not boring, and you follow along with me, and they'll be on the screen. 
So let's listen to these verses. And I want you to think, this is God telling us what the kingdom of God is. Let us listen and try to get on his page. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples? I made him a leader among nations. You also will command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious." Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive graciously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause grain and to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Listen, it is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. The kingdom of God, come to him. Repent and seek him and find salvation. His ways are good, and there is purpose in his plan, and his word will always be fruitful. He has a promise to you. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Come to him and find salvation. Come to him and find salvation. Repent and seek him. God's ways are good. And there is purpose in his plans. His word is a promise to you. There's so much more I would like for him to lay out on this page for me, right? (laughs) He doesn't give us all the ins and outs and specific details. There's not an answer for every question, right? There's not an answer 
For should you do this exact thing or do that exact thing? It's hard sometimes to figure out how to go and where to go next when you're trying to live for the kingdom of God. But what we have to remember is, is that if we acknowledge and understand what the kingdom is, then we can stay on that page no matter what we're having to deal with in life. The big things, the hard things, the boring things, they all exist within the kingdom of God. We just have to know what the kingdom of God is and maybe what it isn't. When we begin to acknowledge and understand what the kingdom of God is, and let me tell you, listen to what this scripture is saying. And I encourage you, write that scripture down, Isaiah 55, and go back and read it this week and meditate on it and think about it. Because God is really laying out what his heart is for us. He wants us to know him. He wants us to experience the gracious salvation that he has to offer us. He wants us to understand the power of his word and that his word will bring fruit into our lives. He wants us to understand his everlasting promise of love for us. This is what he wants for us. I encourage you. The word of God, the scripture, it says that his word is always fruitful. I can't keep a plant alive to save my life. Don't give me one. It will die. If you give me one, I will give it to Haley. So that it has a long and good life. I cannot keep a plant alive. You may not be able to either. You may have a green thumb and you can grow anything. But what we're talking about today is the fruitful tree that is the word of God. And the kingdom of God, anybody can grow it if they just acknowledge it and they keep it close with them. His word is always fruitful. Jesus didn't like unfruitful trees. He cursed them. He wants us to have fruit in our lives. And if you're lacking something, just start filling it up with the word of God. And he will bring fruitfulness. Acknowledge and understand the kingdom of God. Then we've got to seek it. And we've got to try to attain it. Now I think about this. Isaiah paints this pretty picture for us of what the kingdom of God looks at it. Have you ever tried to paint looking at a picture and then copy it? Some of you are good at that, I know, right? You can look at a painting, and then you can recreate it. I need like a paint by number. I really do. It is hard to look at something and then recreate it, right? We need a paint by number. Put the green paint here, the purple paint here. This tiny little spot, just a little bit of red here. We need kind of a paint by number, right? So God lays out this thing, and he says, here is what my beautiful kingdom looks like. It is salvation and grace for you. It is the fulfillment of my word in your life. It is a promise. Now, how do I take that painting and recreate it in my life? Where is my paint by number? Well, this is where we get into Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus tells us how to pray. This was in our song this morning. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today the food we need and forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. When we pray, we need to ask for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven. We need to ask for it. I can't paint unless I have the paint. We have to ask for the kingdom of God to come to heaven. And God says clearly, this is Jesus telling us, pray and ask for the kingdom of God to come. How many times do we gloss over that part? I get the part about asking for food. Give me my food and help me in need. Forgive me of my sins. I got that when I pray that a lot, right? Help me forget other people. Don't let me give in to temptation, right? We get how easy it is to a lot of times pray for the things we need, and we should. God shows us this, right? Jesus models for us. We should pray for the things we need. We should ask God about all the stuff that we need. But he starts that by saying, pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know that that means that the same way God provides your food, the same way he provides for God's forgiveness for you, the same way he takes care of every other thing, it's the same way he brings his kingdom. The kingdom of God can come to earth and he will give us what we need. So we have to ask him, God, while you're taking care of my food, could you also give me the means and the ways that I need to build your kingdom? What good is it for me to be full and full of nutrients if I don't have any work to do? And let's be real. There's a lot of people who we are stocked up on food from God. We are full to overflowing with knowing the right answers. We know the trivia. We believe that God provides. But we're just sitting around fat and full. And we need to build the kingdom of God. We've got the things we need. So how do we build it? I'm about to have to T.D. Jakes rag myself up here. That's why I really have this sweater on today. Apply and express it. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Let's look at how we build the kingdom of God. How do we take being kingdom-minded and put it into our everyday lives? For the majority of us, we're not going to leave the country and go on a mission trip overseas. But our goal is simple. We want to populate heaven. And let me tell you, there's as many lost people in our own community as there are in any corner of the world. We don't have to go somewhere else to build the kingdom. There's a call to do that. And we support and we encourage and we supply those who have been called to those other corners. But you have yours. And we can build the kingdom right where we are. We're called to. And we're equipped to. So how do we build it? Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other 
love one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Now let's pause right here because some of us tapped out already. You had me with tender and compassionate. You lost me with working together. We got a whole world working on a group project and everybody wants to be the team leader. We have to work together. Some of us got the money to buy the good poster board. Please buy the good poster board. Get that trifold one if you can. If God has given you the money to buy the supplies, buy the supplies. Some of you, have God has equipped you to build something with your hands. You can make things. Thank God for you. Ethan put a cabinet together for me. It was a giant cabinet. It was in a box all in pieces. And he just put that thing together. I thank the Lord. It would not have gone as well if I had tried to do it myself. Right? Are we tender and compassionate? The first way we build the kingdom, pause right here. We have to be able to work together in unity. We've all got different skill sets. We've all got different gifts. God has given us all different resources. We have to work together to build the kingdom of God. And if you can't do that while also seeing somebody's political opinions, then stop looking at their political opinions. The first time I ever did a public speech was 14 years old, my freshman year at Northside High School. Somehow I got selected from speech class to give the speech at Black History Month. And the only thing I could come up with was this little phrase that I had heard one time. If you cut me, I bleed. If I cut you, you bleed. We bleed the same color. In a world that is divided by so many things, you and I have got to realize that not only do we physically bleed the same color of blood, but you and I, we all have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through our veins. We don't have to agree on every little detail. We do have to agree on the kingdom of God needs to be built. And we have to be unified on it. And as people of Christ, we better stop fighting against the will and thoughts of God. His goal is for us to build his kingdom. And he tells us we have to be unified to do it. Learn to see through each other's eyes. Learn to trust the good in other people. Because we have got to be unified. Continuing on. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking, other, thinking of others and not, your, not thinking others is better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And here it comes. Get out your 1996 What Would Jesus Do bracelets. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Listen, the kingdom of God can be brought to earth. His will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is a mandate given to those of us who are believers. Our goal as a church is to make sure that we are equipped to go out and bring the kingdom of God into our everyday lives. Our everyday lives. 
that means every day, like all of them, even Mondays, even at work, to all days, we are to bring the kingdom of God. And some people and situations will test the presence of the kingdom of God in you more than others. But that does not mean we get to write off the mandate. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I bet his face had the right attitude too. I really need to work on that one. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. Point people to and show them Jesus. And here's, I'm going to say something that when I wrote it down, it hurt my own feelings. we got to lose our God complex. You know, Jesus was God, and he still let go of the God complex. He was God here on earth, and it tells us that he surrendered to the will of God the Father. He surrendered his human self to God. Now, I'm not saying that any of us are walking out here thinking we can, you know, split the sea wide open. No, it's not really about that. Our God complex comes a lot of times in that we think we know the answer. And we think we know how something's supposed to be. And we think we know because we think we're right. And let me tell you something. God never told you you were right. He told you you were, he was God and you weren't. We have to have the attitude of Jesus Christ, not just in how we treat people, but in how we understand that we have got to humble ourselves and surrender ourselves to God's will. And we have got to let go of what we think are our divine privileges to dictate how this world goes and how it thinks and how we think our life should go sometimes. Nobody else is looking as upset about this as I am. Am I the only one that likes to be in charge of every little detail of my life? I am not a ride-or-die person. I would like to know where we are going and why we have to die. That is not me. I would like to know the plan before it happens. I am not spontaneous. People who are spontaneous are not prepared. This is a hard one for me to let go of this perceived idea that I have that somehow I have the divine plan. And that I'm smart enough to know it. God tells me what I need to know when I need to know it. He opens doors when they need to be opened. Sometimes he lets me see further down the road than other times. But I have got to constantly remind myself, I do not have the full plan. And I have got to surrender my divine indulgences and idea of privilege to the God who created the world because the kingdom of God comes a lot easier when I know humbly know what my place is my place is not to dictate God's plan my place is to walk in it it's so easy to walk in line with kindergartners 
Do you know that within one week of school, preschoolers and kindergartners walk in line? Straight in line. You know when they lose that? Middle school. Sixth grade, you let them change classes one time. One time you let them change classes on their own. You try to get them in a line after that? Mm -mm. They, They have forgotten how to stand in a line. One day of freedom of movement and they can no longer get in a line. It's amazing. You come in here in this hallway and here come the little kindergartners walking down to the art room in a little line. Hi, Miss Lindsay. They stay in line, right? They're trained to walk in that line. One minute of fifth grade, of sixth grade, they get to change classes on their own and then you need to go somewhere in a line and it will not happen. Fire drill happens. Preschoolers, three years old, standing in a little line. Middle schoolers in a giant herd like a cow's grazing in a field. Cannot do it. We get a taste of freedom. And we think somehow we're in charge of where the line goes. We have to surrender to the will of God and our place in it. And as much as what you may want deep in your heart, you may believe is what God's plan is, you still have to surrender it. I am praying that very situation I talked about this morning. I am praying and asking God desperately for him to perform a miracle. But I also know that whatever happens and whatever the outcome is, he's still God and I'm still in his line. And that is so hard to do. Because my feeling is that I know what's right. Even Jesus, when he was here, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position. We must turn over the rights to our life. We aren't always right. He's always good. And he gives us an everlasting sign of his power and love. So we acknowledge the word of God. We acknowledge his kingdom. We seek it. We apply it. Megan, you can come. We'll just wrap things up. I thought I would preach shorter today than I did. The last part is letting it grow. In Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32, Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and birds can make their nests in its shade. Kaylee's going to put this little picture up here for me of a forest. It's called um, Pando. Do you see all those yellow trees on all of those mountains? Did you know that they're actually all from the same seed? And their roots are connected. It's actually here in America. It's the largest living single organism in the world. It weighs over 13 million pounds and is comprised of 40,000 clone trees. One single seed, all of its offshoots. The word pando means I spread. No second seed was planted for one of those trees. One seed was planted And then it offshoots, 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 and continues to spread. Over all of those acres, 
It is one seed. One seed. One seed can produce one giant tree. Or one seed can produce 40,000 trees. Do you know the only thing that causes this giant organism to decline? A lack of regeneration. New offshoots not coming off. Insects and disease. Here's the thing about the kingdom of God. The moment that Jesus took his place on the cross, when he died, he buried himself. And he became a seed planted into the ground. Three days later, he rose up again, resurrected to full life. And the very first bloom came forth. One seed planted. And then it began to shoot off. And there have been seasons over our lifetime, over the lifetime of the kingdom of God, where those offshoots have grown faster and spread faster than before. And there have been times where the growth has slowed. But what connects it is the fact that it's one seed, not its own person. It's not its own tree. It's an offshoot from the one. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ who came, who rose again, who lives inside you. The kingdom of God does not look like a worldly kingdom. Let's not let ourselves find ourselves in the place of the heretical Pharisees where we expect the kingdom to God to look the way we want it to look. Jesus never once caved into shaping the kingdom of God to look the way other people wanted to look. He will not cave for you and I and our agendas. The kingdom of God is God's. But he promises us that his word is true and his word and his promises will bring fruit in our life and every word written in it, every branch upon that tree, that branch of healing and love and peace and joy, those are all a part of the original tree that bloomed the day that Jesus Christ rose again and we are a part of that same seed, that same system. So yes, healing is for us. Yes, peace is for us. Yes, love and hope are for us. They are all so for each and every other person and there is a whole forest full of trees that are decaying on their own and they need to be brought in and turned over and cloned into the kingdom of God and it is your job and our job to carry that kingdom with us wherever we go so take on the attitude of Christ the kingdom of God is eternal and this is our little corner of it so if we acknowledge and understand and if we turn and trust that his promises are true, if we pray for the kingdom of God to come and seek for it to be evident in us, if we daily seek to have his attitude to be unified and to be compassionate, if we can be kingdom-minded, we will spread our branches intertwined together and we will bring shade. kingdom-minded. God, this space is yours. This place is yours. I am yours.
and I trust your will. Your kingdom, not mine. Your way, not mine. Your promises, those are mine. Your love, mine. Your understanding, mine. Let me build your kingdom, not my own. This was not um, a fun thing for me to preach to myself today. I like to be in control and I like to think I know. Don't we all? But daily, daily, can we begin to wake up and say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the things that we need. Help us to forgive those around us. But ultimately, God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done in me, through me, to those around me. I want to spread the kingdom of God all around me. Let's pray today. God, I thank you for your love. God, I thank you um, for choosing us and grafting us into your kingdom. Lord, I pray today that we would have a humility and surrender that would come on us. That we'd let go of the things clamped in our hands and give them to you. God, we trust you. We believe in you. We love you. You are the kingdom and we live in you. God, I pray today that you would help us to have the attitude of Christ wherever we go and that we would spread your shade to the people around us. Help us to build your kingdom and to keep your kingdom first in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.